Hi, everyone. I'm Nefertiti Austin, um, and I wrote a memoir called Motherhood So White, a memoir of race, gender, and parenting in America. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on today. But tell everybody, how did you become an author, or what made you want to be an author? I have been writing my whole life, and when I was a kid, my dad used to write revolutionary poetry, and he'd hand my brother and I a yellow tablet and a pencil and I would be trying to do what he was doing. And so that love of writing was fostered very early for me. And when we went to live with um, our grandparents, even before we went to live with them, we'd go visit. My grandfather was a voracious reader, always reading. He'd be reading multiple books at a time. So that was something I saw that, and so I kind of put it together that, you know, you read and you write. And for anyone who writes or wants to write, Writers do two things, and that is we read and we write. Okay. And you had that book, the book called Motherhood is So White. How did you come up with that title? I wrote an article years ago called Adoption So White because the adoption space is very white. It's very geared towards white parents who are adopting children of color. And so it was really a play on Oscars So White. And when it was time to come up with a title for my memoir, actually it was my editor, incidentally, who was a white woman who came up with, well, let's try Motherhood So White. So it's really close to an article you had written. And it speaks to the heart of my book, which is that in parenting spaces and motherhood spaces, typically the focus, all of the attention goes to white women. So it's like mother equals white in this country. And so that's pretty much how the title, that part of the title came about. Okay. Well, I know I read that book and it was a great book. It was very inspirational too. Very much. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So um, I see you have, you know, you have the motherhood so white and then you also did the editorial piece. Do you have um, any other bodies of work that you're working on currently or? I have written a children's book for children who, it's for kids who are in adoption, in foster care, but it's about kids in foster care because I think there might be one book out. And if you live in a city, you know, especially in public school, so many children are in foster care. And so I wanted to give them something to be proud of. And then also for the kids that they are in school with, have an understanding that you know kids are going through things you don't always know what they're going through and maybe that child comes to school dirty because you know he or she has been moved yet again and they don't have enough clothing or maybe that child seems angry and they're angry really because they miss their family you never know what's going on so just to kind of create compassion and empathy for children who are in out-of-home care and I wrote two romance novels many many years ago i don't even know if they're still in print but 
I did have some books published a long time ago. In the last 10 years, mostly I have been writing nonfiction, writing about race, writing about gender, parenting, and adoption. Okay. Yeah, and I, you know, I was kind of going through your IG, your Instagram, and just kind of perusing, looking at some of the posts, and they mm-hmm. are very, very um, racially charged, and you know, also call to actions, yes. and you know, kind of invoking positivity through those actions as well. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. definitely like, like Cece says, definitely inspirational. Your work, whatever you do in your work, is definitely <laughs> inspirational. Um, uh, you're welcome. So what I want to say, I want to ask you, like, what is your work schedule like when you are writing, you know, these editorial pieces and things like that? Like, mm-hmm. how is your life? How does your life balance out? <laughs> balance? What's that? That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like right now, I'm supposed to be submitting a pitch. I was supposed to have done that yesterday. I haven't done it, but I will do it today. So I will think through a lot of the writing process for me is just thinking. I might think for a few weeks before I actually start writing anything. So I've been thinking about writing an article about how other children can be empathetic to children who don't have maybe Wi-Fi in their home or their school's curriculum isn't as robust as theirs is, you know, um, my children are in private school, but I remind them all the time that it's just a coincidence that we are able to do what we're able to do. And I never want them to take that for granted. And so, you know, I've been thinking about like empathy and um, being grateful and grace a lot. And so I wasn't sure, you know, kind of where the thoughts would go, but that's where I think the home that they will take. And it depends if I'm on a deadline that I'm very disciplined and I will sit and work on it, you know, maybe a little bit each day up into up until the deadline. It's uh, a little tricky, especially on the shutdown with the kids in the house, because I'm used to really writing alone while they are at school. And so sometimes I just go in my room and I lock the door and I advise them, do not bother me unless the house is on fire or you are bleeding so that I can finish doing it. Because I'm like, you like to eat, right? So leave me alone, please. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness, yeah. Wow. You're right. That is is crazy. What life? (laughs) I get it. I get it. Um, So just kind of drawing back and looking at the year as a whole um mm-hmm. there were there were some events that you had lined up that were canceled and one of those events were the um the LA Times book festival mm-hmm. right yes. so have you um i mean i'm sure you you you've done plenty of events before but can you kind of list some of the highlights of those events that you've attended and some of the things that you've accomplished that well that one been- Okay, LA Times Book Festival, of course, was canceled. And so they've rescheduled it, I think, virtually for October. And then I think they're kind of splitting it in half. And then the next group will be in person, hopefully, next spring. And I did a lot of traveling last fall when my book came out. And that was really nice to go to places I've never been before, like Cleveland and Denver, and talk to other writers and talk to librarians and talk to um, just other readers, you know, in the audience about my work and my passion around 
just black motherhood and black children in the foster care system. And then when the shutdown happened, everything really switched to more of a virtual audience. And so it's nice to be able to talk to black audiences because the majority of my audiences in white spaces, which is important because prior to Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey, it was kind of like a little here, a little there, and, and then the empathy meter went up and people were like, oh, well we do, we should learn about black motherhood and we should know about talking to children about race because black people do it unconsciously, like we're always talking about it. And so there's been so many white spaces that I've uh, been part of and more recently uh, black spaces. So that's, um, you know, it's cool. I'm, I'm open to whatever and we'll see what else comes down the pipeline as far as events okay, okay. wonderful yeah so, so who are some of your favorite art um authors i think i have too many to list so let's see <laughs> today i would say uh the co-writer the dapper dan out and i just read that the other week so whoever co-wrote that with him so i think that that you know it's excellent uh, excellent writer. I'm not much into sci-fi, but I did really enjoy Children of Blood and Bone, so that's Tommy BMA, and which was surprising because that's not necessarily the genre that I uh, gravitate to. And I'm looking forward to reading um, Compton Cowboys, and I think that came out a few months ago. So I don't. I my favorite, and I guess I should back up a little bit to your first question writing i knew i wanted to be a writer when i read go tell it on the mountain by james baldwin and that was at 13 so i had like oh i want to be a lawyer and i want to be a writer and obviously writing overtook becoming a lawyer but <laughs> uh so you know james baldwin of course remains very high on my list okay so what advice can you give others that want to be a writer? Because I want to be a writer, so I, I would love to know, like, you know, the advice or how to get into writing. Because I do write poetry, and I have been writing little stories. Okay. But what advice would you give to someone that want to be an upcoming writer? Well, the first thing you have to do is write. So, I mean, I do talk to a lot of people, and there's a lot of fear around writing because people feel my God, if I don't, if it's not perfect, the first draft, then it's terrible. So be prepared for a very long drawn out process. Read the writer whom you admire. And if there's a particular style that you want to emulate, then you should emulate the style. I mean, you know, mysteries, crime, romance, sci-fi, those things, those genres are the same. It's just how you, it's your perspective on it. And so you don't have to feel like, oh, someone's written a poem about traffic in Atlanta, so I can't do that. You can do, of course, whatever you want. And I would also advise you, now I'm self-taught, um, but you know there are many ways to approach it. You can join writers groups. And, and the way you will know that you are in a good writers group is if you get constructive criticism it can't be everyone sitting around high-fiving each other like oh yeah that's good that's great because that's not going to help you grow so you really 
want to have at least one person in the group who has had publication, some type of success, because then they can give you advice on how to get to where they are versus, you know, your friends saying, oh my God, this is the best thing ever, because it might not be. So I would say be patient with yourself, be prepared to write lots and lots of drafts of whatever it is you're working on. And if there are some collective spaces that you can participate in to get your work out there, you should um, read. People have resources and they can say, oh, there's a competition coming up, you know, you should submit to this. So uh, Poets and Writers Magazine is an excellent resource. They have so many opportunities and they give you a list of upcoming writers workshops. Mm. And a bunch of them are on the East Coast. And in the South, you guys have way more than we do on the West Coast. So I would highly suggest you get Poets and Writers and start there. Okay. And thank you. Thank you. <laughs> wow. So what would you say is your interesting writing quirk? Hmm. Interesting writing quirk. Uh... I think I have learned just to let it all go on the page and then I go back and clean up. So I have a friend that I, I write with from time to time. And so I, I had to tell her my, the way I write. And so she's like, no, 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 you've got too many words. Okay, well, you have to do this. And I'm like, I know, I know. I just need to get it out of me. So I, I've given myself the freedom pretty much to kind of vomit it onto the page. And I put a lot of X's in capital letters if I don't know which word. Or I write a lot of notes to myself within paragraphs. And it might be, you need an emotion here. Or it might be, how does this, this, this doesn't make any sense. And I think... Um, and because I throw it all at the wall, you know, sometimes it's garbage, but sometimes there's some real gems in there that I keep. I just might have to kind of move it around later. So that's probably, uh, I think the quirkiest thing is just that I, it's gibberish, but I throw it all out there. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's good advice for anybody that's listening to or watching, excuse me. Um, Cause you know, that way, they wouldn't be discouraged to, you know, just to say what they feel. And then at that point, I mean, that's what editors are for anyway, before you yes. publish a book, you have to have someone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think also, I mean, most writers tend to be pretty emotional, very emotional on the page, maybe not in, in real life. But mm -hmm. I notice that in my writing often it can, it depends on the topic, but usually it's coming from a very emotional space. So I really had to learn to be comfortable letting all of that out and then go back and strip out the emotion because sometimes it's too much and because less is more when you're writing so just because something is five or six hundred pages doesn't make it any better than something that's you know 225 pages yeah absolutely. yeah for sure so aside from what cc said earlier mm -hmm. <clears throat> what's some positive feedback that you receive from um readers or the librarians or other read or other authors that have you know experienced reading your books. I got a really great note on Instagram the other day, and it was a woman who adopted a little girl who's now seven, and she was like, "Wow, reading your book, I had so many of the same experiences." And she's like, "I would have loved to have read this like at the beginning of my journey." So that made me feel good because I really 
I wrote this book for myself because it was the book that wasn't available when I got started. And I wrote it for black women who are, and black families who are interested in adopting and have thought about it and, you know, maybe need a little push. And I wrote it for white women so that they see that there are a lot of universal aspects of motherhood, but that culturally we are different and that they need to acknowledge our differences and support those differences and so, so I had a call actually this morning it was two white women and they both have read the book and both of them said oh in reading your book I realized there's so much I don't know and then I thought to myself well why don't I know this so I like the people who are checking themselves like okay I have some blind spots around reading about diverse motherhood and what is that about so those that's been really good yes I well, I know you keep yourself busy, but when you do have spare time, <laughs> what do you do in your spare time when you have spare time? I binge watch television. So um, I have been able to read since the pandemic hit, which has been great because I don't always have time to read. So that's been nice. I've done way more reading and I find a show and I'll just pick anything and I just sit and watch it. And my daughter will be like, are you still watching that? I'm like, yeah, but now I'm in season three. So yeah, I got to watch it all the way. And I'm no, got to watch it all the way to the end. Cause I need to know what's going to happen. So, so <laughs> Okay. So what's one of your favorite TV, sh TV shows then? And you say you on season three. Yes. Well, I just finished this uh, show called Marcella on Netflix and this woman's a detective and she's crazy. So I enjoyed that. And I'm missing Claws. I hope it, uh, you know, they're able to film, I think the fourth season. So I'm looking forward to that. And I wish I had stars because Power Book 2 started, I think, a week ago. So mm -hmm. I'm going to have to go to somebody's house so I can, you know, do this. <laughs> the Greek going to be able to carry it forward. I don't know. I need to know. <laughs> And it has been good so far. I've seen um, last week's and Sunday's for Power 2, and I, I like it. I'm a Miss Ghost, but I like it. Okay. All right. I, I got to watch it. Well, do you think of turning your book into a movie? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that would be great. I don't know that I need to write it. I'm, uh, film writing is different from writing a book. So I am learning how to write for television. Okay. And um, so, you know, we'll see. I'm open to it. Okay. I'm going to ask you the one question that has just been sitting on my mind. And I feel like <laughs> it's a very typical question, but I, I just want to know your process. Like what, when you have writer's block, okay. how do you, what do you do to overcome it? Like what steps do you take? How, you know, how do you get yourself out of that? Okay. That, um, yeah. you know, how do you get yourself out of that period, I guess? <laughs> so I like to say that procrastination is preparation. So if I have a block or I'm procrastinating, then I will clean up, but like it's above and beyond my regular cleaning. So suddenly I notice stuff like the baseboards. I'm like, well, I should clean that. Or um, I go for a walk. And um, if I have some thoughts, again, I throw it on the page. It doesn't have to make sense. And I just let it sit. 
because sometimes what you need that the work will give you what it needs and you can't force it and there's nothing wrong with having writer's block it's not a bad thing it might be you know sort of your spirit kind of working out whatever that character needs or whatever that scene needs and it might be a week or two before I'm able to go back to maybe a particular section or even to what I'm working on. And I really just give myself permission to, it's not coming. I don't feel it because writing is so emotional. I have to feel like I'm emotionally in the right space to write. And so if I'm stuck on one thing, maybe I'll jump to something else because when I let it go, you know, then what I need will show up. And the other thing, you know, again, read who you like. I might, you know, pick up a book totally unrelated to what I'm working on. And because I'm not attached to it, then the answer might come um, for me. Okay. Wow. It's, and it's funny you mentioned that earlier. Um, you said something about like cleaning. Yes. And, and just finding things to clean. I think you posted something on Instagram about that too, about having a writer <laughs> live with you. Like that's yes. the one thing you can, you can guarantee that they'll always be cleaning if they're not writing. I'm trying to tell you, always cleaning and, you know, which of course makes it a nightmare for my son who's on dishes. Cause I'm always like, dude, you missed that. You don't see this on? And he's like, mom, I cleaned it. No, you didn't. You don't see this right here. So I'm not like um, a neat freak, but I do have a little OCD and yeah, you know, it's time to write now. That's what I was doing earlier before the call. And I was like, oh, I guess I should dust you. <laughs> Just a little bit, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no problem. So, um, you know, honestly, one of the things that have happened this year that didn't get a lot of publicity was that NASA recently discovered a parallel universe to ours. Right? Oh, nice. So in this parallel universe, if because in this parallel universe, you wouldn't be a writer. What what would you be doing instead of writing if this if writing wasn't your calling, right? Yeah. What, 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 excuse me, what could you see yourself doing other than that? Like, you know, mm, what could I see myself? Do? I think I would have been a therapist. Okay. Yeah. If there were parallel universe, um, I think I would have become, uh, maybe not a psychiatrist, but I, I think I may have become a therapist. Okay. I think I'm a good listener. So, gotcha. So out of the adoption um, process, what has been the hardest part of going through that? I think with my son, the hardest part was it was stretched out way longer. Like his adoption should have been a slam dunk. He was legally freed, which meant that the parental rights had been terminated. And we, we should have just, you know, popped on through that whole that his whole journey but it got extended because it was a really big case and there were so many social workers involved and people dropped the ball along the way so that was the hardest thing just really remembering to be patient and for anyone who's gone through the process I mean you have to educate yourself you have to be organized and you have to be in a position to advocate for yourself. And that was stuff I didn't necessarily expect because the first social worker was all over it. She was super on top of things. And so it was disappointing at times to meet a new person and to have to start all over with, okay, this is the day he came and this is what has happened thus far and this is what we need. And um, so that kind of stuff was irritating 
uh, to say the very least. But other than that, it went pretty well. Uh, in, in California, we just like all, in other states, of course, you know, you take your classes and you wait to be matched with a child. So that part of it went pretty quickly. Wow. You had any other questions, Mickey Monday? I'm thinking of some more. Um, uh, I really am because I, I mean, all the questions that I've asked, you've, you know, been spot on with them. You just have been able to, you know, give me very, very uh, well answered questions. I mean, it's, it's almost <laughs> as if someone gave you these questions before you got on, which is, <laughs> um, I guess I have another question. So, Hmm. I'm going to try and throw a hard one at you, so. Okay. <laughs> well, why are you thinking about that one, then? I'll just ask this. I always like okay. to ask all our guests, what is one fun fact about yourself? Hmm. I like candy. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite candy? Depends. Sometimes it's lemon heads. Oh, sometimes it sees candy. It just, you know, depends on day of the week. But I do, <laughs> I like, I like junk food. I like candy. Well, that would keep you energy, energized. <laughs> that candy. Like it. I just like the sugar. Gotcha. So my question was going to be, um, have you, have you ever considered going on like some sort of like literary pilmer? Pil excuse me. Pilgrimage, wow. <laughs> Have you ever considered going on like a liter literary pilgrimage or something where, you know, you kind of like take a retreat or, mm -hmm. you know, have you, have you done that before in your career or is that something that you, you know, you may consider doing just to kind of like, you know, kind of take in everything and, you know, help okay. with your writing process? Right. Well, in 04, I did do like this crazy summer on back to back and went to a bread loaf writers conference and I went to Bona in San Francisco and Santa Fe writers conference in Taos, New Mexico. So that was fun. And, and because I was self-taught, I was published at that point and I went, you know, as a writer, there's always room for improvement. And so I was really happy I went and I've got some literary BFFs. We're still friends uh, today. And so I do go to AWP, which is Associated Writers Program. And it's offered every year. And in fact, I'm on a panel for next year. It'll be in Kansas City, but I think it's going to be virtual. And so every few years, I will go to writers' conferences if I can. I haven't had a chance to take advantage of like writers' colonies or I could be gone for a week or two because I'm a single parent and my kids are still, I mean, my eldest is 13, youngest is seven. So, you know, clearly they can do without me for five or six days, but I don't want to leave them for two weeks. Um, you know, before I know it, they'll be off in the world and then... I can go and do that. So, you know, it it's okay. You know, I signed up to be a parent and I just have to juggle accordingly. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, wow. But it, in poets and writers, you will find like all of those writers retreats and colonies and some you have to apply to get in and then others you just pay and then you go. 
Okay. Okay, I'm gonna have to look into that. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what has been one of your biggest accomplishments you have so far? Well, I was on the Today Show last year, which was huge, and I never would have thought that I would be on, you know, national news program. So that was fun. And uh, I think the other big accomplishment, I think seeing this book reach publication, because like I said, I've been writing about race and gender and parenting and stuff for about 10 years. And there was a period where I was rejected by almost 60 agents who said, oh, you know, this is great. It's such an important topic, but it's a marginal topic. So I was being told like consistently that black motherhood was marginal. And I know why, you know, it's just all about race and racism. And so I didn't know, I thought it was a good story. I felt it was important and that's why I didn't give up and I continued to query agents and, you know, finally meeting the right agent who was like, oh heck yeah, we can get this published. And then her being able to sell it which was great. So I think that's a really big accomplishment given that black women, black mothers in particular, are at the bottom of the mother, you know, the racialized totem pole. And so there are a few more books out now about black motherhood written by, um, you know, I don't know, 12, 13. Mm -hmm. It's 20, almost 2021. And that's it. You know, there's some from, like the 80s maybe, but in terms of a pure focus on family and, and motherhood, and then in my case, adoption, you know, it's just, it's not out there, which is ridiculous. So I feel really good about, I guess, birthing that particular baby, because I wasn't sure that it was going to happen. Okay, and congratulations. Oh, thank right. you. Yes. Well, we have some trivia questions for you before we get off. Okay. Okay, so I'm gonna start with mine. Mine is, if you could interview anybody in the world, who would you interview and what would they question be? Okay, can I pass? I don't know, because... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will come up with an answer, but let me, let me go to the next question. I'll come back to that one. Okay, I can ask you a different one. That's okay. Ask everybody, um, what's one exciting thing that you want to do for the month of September? And one, and what is one thing that you plan on accomplishing, accomplishing um, in the month of September? So what would be super exciting, what will be super exciting is when my daughter goes to school all day long. Okay. And uh, what I hope to accomplish is I am trying to get a... Um, manager because like I was saying earlier I want to learn how to write for television so that would be a huge accomplishment to get representation in the entertainment industry okay wow okay did you still want to answer that other question or did you want to just <laughs> well, I'm still trying to think of like okay if there's one person in the world okay in the whole world you know who would I uh, want to interview hmm. We can skip it. You answer one for me. Okay. <laughs> What's yours, Mickey Monday? Yeah, so I have a trivia question for you. Um, if you could invite three people to dinner, okay. whether they're living, dead, fictional, you know, real, whatever the case may be, who would they be? 
That's a really good question. Um, I would invite Harriet Tubman to dinner because I'd be curious to know, I mean, I'm a historian, so I know what she did and know why she did it, but I would want to know what did it take to do what she did? Like, what about her thought process made her feel like, I suffer from dizzy spells and you know epilepsy and I'm illiterate and I'm barely five feet tall, but I am out. Like I will not be a slave. I would love to sit and talk with her just to know about her spirit. You know, I'd love for that to rub off and to be so unafraid. Um, so she's definitely one person. There's a South African writer named J.M. Coetzee and he won a Pulitzer for literature. It's, I think the same time Toni Morrison did, or maybe the year before, somewhere in there. And he, like the works that I'm most familiar with, like Waiting for the Bar Barbarians and Disgrace, he managed to write about apartheid without necessarily naming it. And so such an amazing writer. And I, again, love to know his process and his thoughts on why did you not name it? And, you know, did you see power in not naming it? But it was very clear, you know, what the books um, are about. And, um, and let me think, who else would I, let's be the third person. Um, I think those are kind of like the main two and maybe, I know this is more than one person. I think if I could bring my grandparents back, like my, I have one grandparent who's still alive. She just turned 101. And it would be nice just to get a little bit more family history from them. I have some, you know, I probably have a lot, but I, I have some more questions for them. So, so to your question, I knew it would come to me. Who would I interview? It would be, you know, my grandparents just to ask them just a few more questions. Okay. Okay. Well, and, I want to say, oh, go ahead, make it my day. No, I, I was going to say, you said your grandmother, she turned 101. Uh huh. My uh, dad's mom. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's wow. amazing. Yeah. That is a, a wonderful milestone. Wow. Yeah. Well, I want to say, congrats on your journey. Congrats on everything. I enjoyed your book. Thanks for interviewing with us today. Um, we had a good time. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, and before we get off, where can everybody follow you? Oh, you can follow me on Instagram at I am Nefertiti Austin. You can follow me on Twitter at Nefertiti Austin or Facebook, same, at Nefertiti Austin. I do have a website, www.nefertitiaustin.com. And there you have and you it. Guys know, I do respond to, if you, if you write to me, I will respond, so. Okay. Perfect. Make well, anything? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I do. I'm I'm <laughs> disappointed just a little bit because I'm I'm waiting for that, you know, that the fatherhood book to come out. So <laughs> you know, because of the motherhood there is yes. so if, if the if the guys can get something too, that would be awesome. But um but aside yeah. from that, <laughs> what were you gonna say? No, I was saying you're right. You're oh right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I'm, laughs> you know. Just, you know, whatever you decide to do, it, no, you know, no, no rush. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, thank you for being a part of this experience. Um, you know, you are 
a very strong, you know, eloquently poised woman who, you know, just, I can see why you're a writer. Everything you say is just, it just comes out of you. Like you said, (laughs) every question I've asked you, you just, you had an answer for it. Even when I had to think of a question, (laughs) you were like right there. So I had to think about a couple of, you know, (laughs) well, it was so smooth though. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, you have a happy Tuesday. Be blessed and be safe. Thank you. All right. Have a great one. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Be safe.